0: Whatever you are, whatever you're doing, stay with us as the sun's gets set to shine. Mary, the Garher, here's the jump shot. Jump to Marley, a long three. He got him! He got him! Into Booker. Here's the three. Tuesday. in Sir Charles. And he flies in for a wham, bam, slam. Bravo time! He got it! Welcome to the 7 Seconds or Less podcast, this is a podcast about the NBA generally and the Phoenix Suns specifically. My name is Max McCauley. I am one of your hosts, your other hosts, his name is David Nash, and he joins me right now. David, we just watched the
1: 2018
0: NBA draft,
1: how are you feeling? I'm feeling, uh, I'm pretty excited, I'm pretty pumped Max. Uh, I feel a little bit different to how I did maybe halfway through the draft, but um... Oh, man. It threw some curveballs at us, and, uh, when it, when
0: Gambo, who by the way, did not exactly shower himself in glory tonight, I would say I,
1: I've been I've been negative about Gambo in in various forums for a while. I think I can uh, be pretty safe that he doesn't listen to our podcast. So yeah, no, there's
0: no way he listens to our podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna say that, uh, and I tweeted this. He had an absolute nightmare today, and he tried to. Uh, run it back a little bit, but... uh...
0: But anyway, around the time when he tweeted out that we were going to take Dante DiVincenzo, I was pretty bummed out, I would say. Uh, Because I mentioned this before, but I like him fine. I like Dante. I didn't think he was a very good fit. Mm -hmm. But then the Suns did something completely out of nowhere, completely out of the blue, something no one ever predicted, and they went and got Mikael Bridges. Yeah. Who who is the exact opposite of Dante because he's a perfect fit.
1: He's a he's an absolute perfect fit and a, and a massive upgrade there and um when in the in the course of running it back I thought Gambo actually made a, a decent point at least because you kind of you know I think a lot of Suns fans will look at this maybe into the future at looking at Smith um you know versus Bridges plus that pick that got thrown in which we'll get into a little bit later but um you know essentially it looks like the Suns were going to take DiVincenzo at 16. So really, it's it's going to be about how Bridges compares to Di Vincenzo here, and and then even more interestingly, I thought um, the Bucks taking him the the very next pick after mm-hmm. was was, was very intriguing. So you know, we all thought that maybe the Suns were reaching a little bit at 16, but they obviously knew that that was the place if they wanted him that they needed to take him. So and I'll tell you yeah. what,
0: uh, he's a much better fit in Milwaukee than he would have been here, I
1: think. <laughs> Yeah, I can agree with that. I, d- I definitely can agree with that, and um, you know we'll see how he how he pans out. I certainly don't hate him as a prospect, but uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too um, you know hyped with with that pick as Gambo leaked it. However, I did kind of you know wonder whether he was going a little bit early there because you know I was watching the coverage as I'm sure everyone else was, and we were still kind of two picks back. And um, whilst you know I'm sure he got some pretty good intel, you know anything can happen in the draft and. It certainly, mm-hmm. it certainly didn't feel like it was a, you know, a shams or a Woj type leak where the picks basically submitted, and uh, that you know they're getting that information and tweeting it out just before Adam Silver comes out. No, to it announce wasn't it. that. It was very much a, you know, we think this is our guy, but you know, there's there was still probably you know five to ten minutes to play out, and uh, as we found out, a, a lot can happen in five to ten minutes in the NBA draft
0: yeah i don't want to kill gambo too much gambo definitely heard from Suns executives that they were planning on taking dante di and then it sounds like what the story was was that philadelphia called phoenix was like hey we have bridges we want zaire we will give you bridges for 16 and that 2021 miami pick unprotected and it basically put McDonough on the gun and he made a quick call and decided to do the trade um
1: a very quick and call and such I a think- quick call I think one that you know they probably would have looked at. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people have kind of made mention of the fact that it sounds like Philly are the ones that picked up the phone to the Suns. But you know, let's not kid ourselves here. I think McDonough was pretty honest in his uh, you know comments earlier, talking about the fact that the Suns would be calling around and and looking at what trades they could make to yes. trade up into the lottery. So I'm sure this was. A conversation that had occurred previously. He wasn't totally oh, no uh, yep. blindsided by it, but you know, it sounds like he literally had, you know, a minute maybe to, to say yes or no. And, uh, he, he pulled the trigger.
0: Something I also wondered too, and I actually just thought of this. So this is a half baked idea. I wonder if this was something they talked about doing, but Philadelphia wanted to make sure Zaire was there, and the Suns kind of wanted to make sure someone didn't fall who they liked, so they weren't totally ready to make the trade yet. Once those principles were like were made, and there they were like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a trade we talked about. Maybe something like that happened.
1: I think I think you're pretty bang on the money there, um, because you know everything pre-draft, and we spoke about it in a couple of pods earlier is. Um, you know, either Knox or or Smith seem to be Philly's guys. Um, they probably mm-hmm. didn't expect Bridges maybe to be there at ten, um, and and they've taken him. Uh, I absolutely feel for the kid and and his mum because they looked absolutely pumped to be to be going to Philadelphia. But um, you know, I'm I'm very excited to to have him in Arizona instead.
0: Yeah, and I was happy to see that he tweeted out something nice like "Let's go, son," or something like that, something nice. So. You know, whatever he's happy. He got drafted the NBA. He didn't know where he was gonna to go tonight, so I'm sure he's plenty happy to come to the Suns.
1: Uh yeah. we should probably talk about DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> we should. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to get, um, you know, criticized for just to, for running over that. I guess we we're yeah. all pre- prepared for that happening. Interestingly, True. it sounds like the Suns have maybe been prepared for at least a week for that to happen. Sounds like mm-hmm. last Friday they they met up with Ayton again. Um, and, and that's essentially where the call was made. And, and maybe even Aiton was told at that point that, you know, he was the Suns guy. So. so,
0: yeah, I saw that they met last Friday. I also saw something that they told Aiton weeks ago. It sounds like he knew even before that press conference where he said he was going to be the number one pick. I think he may have known by then.
1: Yeah, I think, I think there's a, you know, a very good chance of that. Um, As we know, anything can happen. And the Suns were probably very careful about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there was a, a deal in place. And that's why they... um you know, still worked out all the other top guys just to make sure they had everything at their disposal in case something came their way. But yeah, I think he was very much their guy. We've, you know, spoken at length about that, in know, uh, you know, the last episode or, or the episode before that, the Aiton pod. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think we need to touch on that too much other than the fact that, you know, obviously still a little bit disappointed that um, the sons don't end up with someone like Luka dontic who, we're, you know, we both had at the top of our boards, but I'm not decompressing that in, in this 24 hours. I'd kind of already come to terms with the fact that that, that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, we'd already said that there was a very, very small percentage chance of that happening today. So I'm excited for Aiton. I'm ready to get this going with him and, um, you know, dive into, you know, how he and, and the other guys kind of fit with the Suns in this off season.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll get into Doncic soon. I do want to just say that I'm with you. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm ready for the eight and era. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I've said this a few times that it's been a long time since the Suns have had consistently the biggest, most athletic player on the floor. That's just not something the Suns have had, and it's going to be nice to have that in most games next season. Uh, I think Aiton's going to have a bit of a target on his back, which should be interesting. I, it's worth pointing out that Joel Embiid decided to take a, a shot at Aiton on Twitter yep. uh, shortly after he was drafted. Yep. I don't I, remember the exact way. it was something like, uh, "Stop comparing me to DeAndre Aiton. I play defense, right?"
1: Yeah, which obviously he was watching the ESPN telecast where they threw uh-huh. a couple of comparisons out there to him, and um, you know maybe he's threatened a little bit, uh, but it'll it'll be nice to have a a guy in that fight and, and someone to root for. And as you say, uh, you know, a big seven footer as talented as Aiton is, um, you know, we're going to be in a lot of games next year, purely on his shoulders and um, some of the things that he's going to be able to do. And, you know, again, don't want to touch on it too much, but I'm just really excited for the, you know, the gravity that he's going to possess out there for Phoenix. And, you know, guys, you can, you can really understand why guys like Booker and that, um, you know, really wanted to add him at the top because he is going to create extra shots. Um, he's going to create extra space. And, you know, hopefully as things that we talked about him improving on, he'll, he'll uh, you know, create extra components to the Phoenix team that, you know, we're not too sure about just yet.
0: Yeah. And I, I'm particularly, I got even higher on it when we took Bridges because, now we can surround Aiton with just a full shooting lineup, you know, minus TJ, which we'll get to probably not in this podcast, but at some point they're probably going to have to move up for TJ, right? We're going to have that conversation at some point.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's coming. Um, McDonough's comments after the draft kind of tried to, um, you know, maybe skip over that a little bit, but I think that's a, you know, that's a log jam that's going to come to a head at some point and, and the Suns it's, will probably have to do something about.
0: Yeah, it's time to surround... Aiton and Booker was shooters and defenders. That's what they need to do. It's the rest of that team, is shooters and defenders. hopefully Josh Jackson gets their shooting. Josh Jackson's enough of a athlete and has the star potential where you you know he gets to pass on that a little bit. But everybody else needs to be able to shoot and defend.
1: Yeah, an interesting video just quickly on on Josh Jackson. Uh, where he appeared to you know maybe lose the hitch a li- little mm-hmm. bit more even in his jump shot so uh, yeah that's that's an exciting development. yeah if you haven't seen game. that
0: that's been going around Twitter and Reddit I would recommend checking that out there was like a, a video it's like a short video it's like 20 seconds long of Josh Jackson shooting a couple like mid-range sort of jumpers and his jumper looks
1: a lot smoother yeah I want to say it was from maybe Tyler Ulys's Instagram yeah, account or right. something like that yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah so go go check that out if you can find it Suns fans.
0: Okay, let's get into Doncic now because that's the other I would say big storyline uh, for this podcast, but also for the NBA uh, as, a, as a community. Uh, and that that was
1: big. I mean, it didn't it come huge. out of didn't come out of nowhere like the Bridges one, um, because there was kind of rumors.
0: You knew before... someone was moving up, right? Someone was getting that
1: top five. Yeah, I you know I, found, I, it f- in the top five. I found it funny that um, you know the the months and weeks leading up to the draft, it was kind of a lot of Doncic bashing. Um it, it kind of makes a lot of sense now, all those rumors and things that were leaked. I think there was clearly two or three teams that really wanted to move up for Doncic, and they were they were hoping he was gonna fall, you know, as far as possible that they didn't mm-hmm. even have have to move up or that the you know the cost to move up was far less and you know I'm sure Dallas is pretty damn happy with what it cost them to move up and get their guy. It was, you know, really not much at all. It
0: was a top
1: five protected pick next year, right? Yeah, I think it goes uh, top five protected, top five protected, maybe top three protected and then unprotected. So, Well, you know, I it, don't think any of that
0: crap's going to matter. They're not going to be in the bottom five of the next year. They're going to be a decent team next year. Anyway. I think,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to be a really good team and um, I'm happy for Dontich. I think we discussed earlier, it was, um, you know, we'd, if he wasn't coming to Phoenix it'd be really nice to see him go to even a place like Boston or Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just a really great fit for him. And I think Dallas is kind of in that group. Uh it's a it's a romantic thing with, with Dirk as well, who might be in his mm-hmm. last season next year. A bit of a hand over there and um yeah, not much cost at all. Although I did see the the initial offer from Dallas was uh you know, maybe just adding pick 33 or something to move up from 5 to 3, which yeah, am not surprised that Atlanta knock that one back.
0: It seemed like the deal was going to happen, because I don't think Atlanta wanted to pick at 3. But, yeah, it wasn't going to happen for that price. Uh, yep. I'm fascinated by this fit, because... Initially, when I first thought about it, I was like, I don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic makes a ton of sense. It's not the best defensive fit, and you know both of them probably better with the ball on their hands, although I think Luka's a good off-ball player. Yep. But the more I think about it, like Luka's kind of been at his best when he's had a ball dominant guard with him, right? Like in Eurobasket with Goran Dragic, I think that could be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people forget, or, or maybe just don't know, that you know, Goran... Won the MVP of, of that tournament. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't Luca's. You know, it was one of the trophies that Luca didn't win in the last eighteen months. But um, yeah, I think those two worked ridiculously well together. And um, yeah, Luca's not the type of guy that's just gonna own an offense himself. And uh, I, I did see that that Dennis Smith tweeted his approval at the pick, so I don't think there's any worries oh, did he? there. Yeah about uh yeah him being threatened for his job. I think he fully understands um you know how those two can work together.
0: Yeah, I think the plan is to build around both of them and it's gonna be really damn fun to watch him. I'm excited. Uh the first game of Summer Leagues, Phoenix Dallas. I hope I hope Luca plays. There's been some talk that he won't, but it'd be really fun if he does.
1: Yeah, I, I did see I I don't want to be held to it by you Max, but um I think there was something from Carlisle about limited summer league action for dontich whether it was none i can't remember but it, it okay. was definitely um you know saying that he he needs a break so we may not see Luca. Uh, well for Vegas. my
0: own uh self-interest i hope he just plays that one first game because i'll be there for that so
1: and it, yeah <laughs> it, it would be pretty cool to to see him go up against phoenix um after against the kale bridges yeah, exactly. Bring it on. We've uh we've got our guys now like we spoke about for so long. It was it was theory for so long and and now it's it in was. practice and we can we can get behind these guys. Luca's the enemy.
0: <laughs> Screw that guy, man. I've never
1: actually liked him. <laughs> uh Atlanta's interesting though. Uh, I think you're yes. right. I think uh they didn't want to pick at three. Um they clearly had their their eyes on Young and maybe thought it was going to be perceived as a bit of a reach to to take him there. So they, you know, they made the most of it and picked up an extra asset along the way. And I think it
0: might have been even a little more complicated than that. I don't remember exactly how it went, but there was some sort of split between the basketball front office people, the coaching people, and then the ownership on who they wanted. And they kind of like came to a consensus and all sort of agreed on Trey Young, who none of them actually really wanted. Is that the understanding you had?
1: Yeah, I, I did see that. I think at the end of the day, Schlenk is getting his guy. Um mm-hmm. from what I've read, but there there definitely seemed to be some indecision amongst the, you know, different parts of the hierarchy there in Atlanta. But um yeah, it was probably around picking at three more than, you know, not wanting young, one or them mm-hmm. not agreeing on Young. So yeah, they obviously found a bit of a middle ground there and um yeah, I, I noted on Twitter earlier I think it's it's kind of funny Schlenks going with, you know, Warriors Light here with with uh Trey Young mm-hmm. and then and then Herter at their next pick at nineteen, and I love it. Um, and then they grab Spellman at thirty, who's you know a, a big from Villanova, not not quite your Draymond, definitely not uh, a defensive, versatile, uh, you know, versatile guy. Better like Draymond, shooter though, but, uh, better shooter. Which is you know, if Draymond was a better shooter, they'd be you know even more impossible to to beat. So mm-hmm. yeah, interesting uh, that he's kind of you know maybe building version two over in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I thought what Atlanta did was really fun. Uh, I'm a big Trey Young fan. I'm glad Trey Young kind of gets his own team too. Although they're going to have to do something with Dennis Schroeder.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, that's a worse situation than TJ Warren for Phoenix <laughs> yeah, because that, that's untenable. That's untenable. Uh, he's a you know TJ's a a pretty quiet guy. Schroeder's not. Um, no, no, and yeah, there's, there's just no way to work those two together. Whereas at least TJ, um, it wouldn't be ideal, but you could maybe work some things out in the short term. Whereas yeah, the, the writing's on the wall with that one, I think.
0: Yeah. If the, he's on the roster next season, I will be very surprised. Uh, all right. Should we move on to the lottery? Kind of go through some of these teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've, we've touched on Ayton and Dontich and, and Young there. Um, Bagley, let's, uh, yeah, let's
0: go to Bagley. Let's do Bagley. What do you think? Cause no,
1: Sacramento got a lot of criticism for this pick. They did. They did. Uh, it, it was no surprise to me. Someone, you know, he's one of the predictions that I got right. There's not too mm-hmm. many of them, but uh, he's definitely one of them. Um, I think... It, it really just stems from what I discussed uh, on our predictions pod the last time around. Is, you know, the Kings have gone through such a tough time and, and and people not wanting to go there. It's very easy to see them falling in love with prospects that, you know, are open to working out and open to going to Sacramento. So, you know, two, three, four, all those prospects are, um, you know, pretty bunched together there for us, I thought, when we were kind of mocking things out and you know Bagley clearly put himself at the top of the pile purely because of um you know his want to to go to Sacramento or maybe it was just his want do to you, go pick two do you, but
0: do you buy that Sacramento's been targeting him for over a month and they had a number one on their board and they were just waiting for the Sun to confirm it before they release that information
1: I don't buy that no I don't either um, I think I buy that they wanted to pick the the guy that was, you know, talented enough to be picked there, but that certainly wants to come or showed that he wants to come to the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was more about that than anything for me. That and seems to matter to them a lot. It definitely matters to them. Um, and, you know, one thing I'm really excited about, which we touched on last time too, is... Yeah, there's a, a bit of an eight and Bagley rivalry there now within the division. And mm-hmm. That's going to be really interesting to watch. But We're going yeah, to I see
0: that at uh, Summer League too. That's gonna be we are going to see that at Summer League, yeah.
1: I mean, they might play him at the four to start with, but I think he's definitely a five going forward as he fills out. And they'll still, of, run
0: into, they'll still run into each other a little bit.
1: They'll still run into each other a bit. Maybe we'll play Aiden at the four. Um, you know. Oh God, no. <laughs> that that might be how they uh, match up on each other at summer league. But um, speaking yeah, of our summer league pick.
0: team, that's going to be fun. So we're, I imagine Okobo will play in it right? because we'll get to Okobo later. But he's coming over next year, so I don't see why he wouldn't play in the summer league team.
1: Yeah, I think he's probably going to be running the show. Um, so is it Okobo,
0: Davon Reed, Jackson? I don't know. I don't know if Bender's going to play or not. Maybe Bender and then Aiden. That's that's incredible.
1: Yeah, I think I think we'll see Bender play. Um, I think we'll see Jackson play the the Booker role of a couple of years ago, where he maybe just mm-hmm. plays one or two games and and then shuts it down. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun team, I think. And you know they might add some more, um, you know, undrafted guys and, and stuff to to that. And um, you know I think we'll be one of the favorites again, particularly with our our new big man in the middle.
0: Yeah, we should be. Uh, quickly on Bagley. I wasn't as low on Bagley as some of the people on, I guess, especially on draft Twitter were. I I think Bagley's going to be pretty damn good on offense. I think his defense is going to be a complete disaster, at least at first. Maybe he'll get better. Yep. I'm excited to watch him and De'Aaron Fox play together because that's incredible athleticism. It's going to be eye-popping, honestly. Yeah, um, Yeah, he's going to have good guards, I think, with Fox and Bogdan. I, I like it. I think it's going to be fun. I, I'm not as low on it as others are. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah, I think they, they definitely got killed a little bit today after the pick and... Um, you know, less so than the Suns, just because so many people had Aiton at the top. But right, know, yeah. a lot of people saying that that one could really haunt the Kings if you know either Dontich or uh, Jackson uh, or, or even Young kind of um, you know jumps Bagley in the first couple of years, they might really regret that. But yeah, you know, I can see why they did it. They have holes pretty much everywhere, except for mm-hmm. you know maybe Fox. But you know, even then, if there was a point guard worth taking, they probably would have would have taken him but um yeah they were they were open to anyone i think at, at that pick and probably just fell in love with bagley because you know, as i noted he was the only one that came in to work out for them
0: that can matter sometimes man
1: i think it does um
0: okay so let's skip over three because we sort of talked about that already let's go to uh memphis at four
1: yeah i love this so think, there yeah, was some
0: talk before the draft that Jaron Jackson didn't want to go there, but it seems like he was sort of, I don't know, talked into it. I don't I don't really know what happened, but everything was smoothed over, and he is now a Memphis Grizzly.
1: Yeah, I read that uh, JB Bickerstaff, of all people, uh, maybe earned his paycheck there. So huh, okay. uh, he seems to be the one that kind of sold the vision to, to Jackson, and um, he gave up his, his medical records and things after initially holding them back. So... Um, yeah it's interesting how that plays out I did notice one of one of the few good points that Bobby Marks made on the coverage today um, <laughs> again I don't think I need to worry about Bobby listening to our pod but um, he he noted that you know at some point it would be really nice if you couldn't do this anymore and um medicals just go to all 30 teams and I, I definitely agree with that. I don't like the way that agents can kind of manipulate the draft and I would go an extra mile and make uh, everyone who wants to enter their name in the draft go to the combine um, and at least do the measurables. Probably don't mm-hmm. have to do the testing if you're you know carrying an injury or something. But
0: I may it- agree with you on medicals. I don't think that they should... They, should have, they shouldn't force them to interview or work out with everybody, I don't think, but I probably agree with medicals.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I don't think they have to interview or work out, but it, you know the it, it's very frustrating to me to you know look up or try and look up a guy's wingspan or something, and he was the one right. guy, <laughs> one guy that refused to get measured for whatever stupid reason. So well, we still
0: don't know what Aiden's official wingspan. He was at the combine, right? He could be a T Rex arms for all we know.
1: <laughs> I think we're okay there. I don't think he's gonna uh, be like see uh me, look from kansas who uh has the you know minus three wingspan which i is... think
0: that was the first time anyone's ever used eight and inch looking at it in, a, in a sentence together
1: yeah you know i'm gonna try and work him into the pod <laughs> somehow but uh again he's a laker now so uh we hate yes. him we, we hate him a lot
0: uh, real quick on Jaron Jackson. I, l- I really like it in Memphis because he's obviously going to be the center of the future and Marc Gasol might be toasted anyway, so he might be the center of now. But assuming Marc Gasol's not toast, I think those two can kind of play together maybe because they're both sort of versatile on offense at least, right? You can kind of sp- space the floor with both of them.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, um, I don't, you know, maybe with Jaron Jackson, we won't see Gasol kind of float out to the three-point line maybe as much as he did mm-hmm. Did last year, but I think year one, uh, Jaron Jackson is going to be, you know, the type of power forward that the Grizzlies have been looking for since, Mm -hmm. you know, moving away from Zebo. So, um, yeah, I I could see him starting at the four um, and eventually maybe taking over at the five from Gasol when when he departs Memphis, sadly, one day.
0: It will be sad, won't it? Uh, But, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's a nice one. I like that pick. It was kind of a, a feel-good pick because it seemed like Memphis was going to trade the pick all week, and it's nice for them to you know get a marriage with a player who I think is really good. I had him stick on my board. So
1: yeah, and then we'll uh, wake up in the morning before we release this pod, and he'll be traded somewhere, <laughs> probably Boston.
0: <laughs> Although Boston got their center, I don't know if we we'll touch on that later or not. But somehow Robert Williams fell to Boston. Yes, that was insanity. Uh, all right, let's go to six. We'll skip. We'll skip Dallas. They that are the winners. Um, Bomba to Orlando, so I I like this a lot. I think that Bamba and Isaac might blot out the sun. Uh, yep. That's ridiculous on defense. I don't know who the hell is going to score on that team, but they're certainly not going to get scored on. Um, but does you think this? Do you think this spells the end of the Aaron Gordon era in uh, Orlando?
1: I think it definitely does, and they've got you know problems past that with with both Vujicic and. Um... Bismack is still on the mm-hmm. roster too. So yeah, I think it's there's still some work to do there for Hammond, but uh, I definitely chuckled to myself after the Atlanta Dallas trade went through because I think we spoke for so long about, you know, how Hammond was gonna pick his normal type here at six because <laughs> we expected Bumba to be gone and and then that trade dropped and it was looking like Young was gonna be the pick at five and of course Bumba just falls straight into to Hammond's lap that uh I don't think he was going to be ever able to refuse that. So how
0: is him uh, and not going to drop to seven ten wingspan?
1: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, him and him and Isaac are going to be a an interesting pairing going forward. Um mm-hmm. but they've got some more more short-term issues there and I think yeah, I'd be pretty confident in saying that Aaron Gordon is um is out of there, but you never know. It's going to take someone to you know probably max him. Um Something close, at least, or at least something close, yeah. But yeah, one to watch there, Orlando, definitely not the, not the sexiest team going around, or the or the biggest no. fan base, uh, particularly where I'm from. But um, yeah, one that I'll definitely be watching just from a roster construction standpoint.
0: My early predictions: Aaron Gordon to Indiana. Maybe we'll do a full free agency thing, but that's that's where I'm going with that.
1: That's interesting. I like that.
0: Okay, so let's go to number seven. The Bulls took. I thought this was a
1: a, sle- a sneaky,
0: sneaky good pick, a sleeper pick. The uh, the Bulls got Wendell Carter Jr. Love, love, love it. I think it's perfect with Larry Marconin.
1: Yeah, I think that fit is amazing. I don't think we need to touch on it too more too much past that. They've got, their, you know, troubles of their own at, at the wings and guards, but and and another uh, restricted free agent in. Levine that they have to decide whether to to pay or not, like kind of like Gordon. But mm-hmm. uh, Carter Laurie is just it just seems like the perfect match to me, and uh, really exciting to see that. And you know, I, I touched on earlier, I think Carter's just such a seems just such a bull's pick. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was happy to see that one slotted in there.
0: They can both shoot. I think it's gonna be nice on offense. Window Carter can uh, protect the rim. Larry can't really do that. I, I think it's gonna be nice. I'm excited about it. Yeah, Uh, should we do Cleveland? I this is an interesting one. Uh, Cleveland took Colin Sexton
1: first. First kind of major shock of the draft, I suppose, outside of the Atlanta um, Mavs trade. Yeah, Um, even
0: this one wasn't a giant shock though, because I mean, I thought Cleveland was an smoke signals with this, but they were telling telegraphing this pick kind
1: of. That's very true. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we just didn't believe them when they were telling the truth. But you know, you look at some of those names that come after Sexton and. Uh, you know the the initial obvious reaction is to kind of look at LeBron's uh, you know leak comments about not wanting to be on the ball as much and and then kind of going oh mm-hmm. let's let's find the most ball dominant guard in the in the draft. Right. <laughs> um, that's kind of where I'm you know kind of seeing things. But he also they'd...
0: actually referred to Colin Sexton by name. Oh, there were reports that his group or something liked him, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, you're right. Um, I always love those. Uh, the LeBron James camp likes <laughs> right. Colin Sexton. Um, I'm sure
0: his camp likes someone other than he likes.
1: <laughs> yeah. We know what that means. So, yeah, interesting pick. Um, it's kind of, you know, we've made the the Sexton-Bledsoe comparison before, and they even made it on, on ESPN uh, when Sexton was oh, picked. Oh, did they? And, didn't, uh, they? didn't sound on uh, loud. The, okay. uh, you know, the Bledsoe LBJ connection was always there for a long, long time. So it you know, was. maybe, maybe he's, he's finally getting that with with someone like Sexton.
0: Is Colin Sexton going to the uh, Rich Paul agency? Uh,
1: yeah. the camp. He might. He mm. might already be in the camp. Yeah. Let's Probably. let's wait and see.
0: Okay. Next is the Sixers. Should we just talk about Zaire here? I guess it makes sense.
1: Now you've uh you've skipped the Knicks there.
0: Oh, I did. Sorry. Uh, the Knicks, nine. My bad. Uh, Colin, or uh, Kevin Knox, sorry. Kevin Knox, I don't like him very much, but theoretically he's an excellent fit with uh, Przingis as a small ball four with the five, I think.
1: I agree. Um, all I'm going to say on Knox, because I, I didn't scout him too much, because I just didn't think he would be uh, in play for Phoenix, uh, at either pick, right. is he picked himself earlier today to the Knicks. Uh, go oh yeah, I forgot about that. Go check it out online. There's a video yeah. of an interview that he did where he, uh, you know, essentially refers to the Knicks as, as we before correcting himself to they. So um, that that was a, a telegraph one that we saw coming, um, yeah, kind of hours before the draft.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... We'll see. It's it, to me it's one of the bigger boom bust picks in the draft. Like I, I he couldn't really play basketball last year, but he's got so much talent. He can really shoot. Uh from everything you hear about him, he's a really good kid, so I think there's 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 some room for hope there for Knicks fans.
1: Yeah, and another another Knicks player that got booed, so Yeah, I uh, know, that's
0: always a good sign for Knicks players actually. He
1: took uh he took he actually took Porzingis' example there and kind of embraced it and said he was happy for it and uh you know he'll turn the fans around so that's the right attitude to have i I like that i'll be i'll be rooting for him a little bit as much as i i hate rooting for the knicks yeah same
0: um okay let's do Zaire at 10 now i I won't jump anymore uh i think this uh, here's my hot this isn't even a hot take but the philadelphia 76ers won the trade with the suns tonight i think value wise just pure looking at assets
1: I I noted earlier as well that um it was an overpay from the Suns. It was. So yeah, I mean when neither guys has played a, a minute of NBA basketball yet, we can't really talk about who right, right. you know has won the trade, but yeah, I think from a pure asset point of view and what we discussed uh last pod about, you know, how much we valued that Miami pick, I think mm-hmm. um yeah, you can you can very easily say before a ball is bounced that at least the Suns you Know reached and, and overpaid in this trade.
0: You would have liked to have seen the Suns get some kind of light protection on this, maybe like a top three.
1: Yeah, I, I think I messaged you straight away as soon as the, the trade news kind of came mm-hmm. through and and said, I'm pretty sure we can protect that. And yeah, yeah it they was... changed
0: the rule not too long ago, I think for the last CBA, that you can now protect other uh, teams' picks that
1: you have. Exactly. Um, I think, mate, I. You know, I don't. I think I saw a lot of people shout McD down um, when it kind of came out that it wasn't protected and that that mm-hmm. they could have. I think we're being silly if we don't think that McD didn't try. I right. think that would have been his first question back to the Sixers. But I think we have to note that obviously that's a, a time-sensitive uh, issue when you when you're on the clock like that, and also when you're protecting somebody else's pick, um, it wouldn't have been able to obviously be a Miami pick after a protection came in place. So it would have had to right, be in, right. that they were then bringing in a Suns pick to replace it the following year or, or something like that. So or a pick you know,
0: swap or something. It could or have a, been complicated. Yeah,
1: exactly. So just probably far too complicated to to go into um you know on on the spot like that and and you know the Sixers had all the leverage from that respect. So I think he definitely would have tried but um, yeah, unfortunately, couldn't couldn't put any kind of protection on. Even you know, top mm. one one probably would have been nice. But you know, the other thing I'll just say is I think it really shows uh, what it would have cost um, to go higher in the draft. I think right. you know, us as Suns fans, you know, all week or you know, all month on Twitter, we're talking about how we could maybe jump up and get Aiton and Dontich and please everyone sort of thing. But you look at what we had to pay just to go from from 16 to 10 and yeah i think mcdonough was kind of right in what he said in in certain interviews is i'm not sure we would have got much higher than 10 if if that's what what it cost us uh, eventually to get bridges
0: yeah and to go back to our, our fallen friend gambo uh he was saying on the radio for the draft that the, it seemed like the prices were surprising the suns with how high they were i think that the the teams really valued the players in this draft and it was just more than it usually is in most drafts to move up
1: yeah and i th- i think we see that in the fact that um you know we kind of got three you know bigger trades in in the first round when maybe the kind of general nba world was maybe expecting a couple more than that um, i think right it was it was going to be very hard to move around it's all all good in theory on twitter but uh when it comes to practice it's uh it's not all that easy
0: we also this is sort of on topic, but sort of on topic. We got no current player trades, which I thought was interesting.
1: Very interesting. Uh, there was the the Baysmore Wes Matthews talk early on with the Atlanta mm-hmm. Dallas deal, but um, other than that, yeah, we didn't really see any any names thrown around at all. Um, Fareed mm. Farid tweeted that it was going to be an interesting night for him, so I think he saw <laughs> you know what people had been saying about his contract, but. Um, yeah, no, no existing players thrown in in, in any trade. So, uh, yep. yeah, very interesting note there. Let's
0: uh, let's very very quickly talk about Zaire Smith and Philly. I kind of really love it. Um, him in the break with Ben Simmons is going to be super fun. Yep. Philly um, did really well tonight. They also we can go ahead and jump to this. We're not going to go through the whole first round, so I can go ahead and say they took my guy Landon Shamit. Uh, yep. And they I
1: was, uh, go ahead. They uh, almost took my guy, Kyrie Thomas, before, yeah, before trading him away. I think, you know, someone, I can't remember who it was now, reached out to us both on Twitter and said, you know, the Sixers were were kind of having the kind of draft that you and I wanted the Suns to have almost. Do you think with. they listen? <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we don't have Gambo or Bobby Marks, but maybe Brett Brown or someone is a is a listener to the 7 Seconds all Those podcast.
0: Or maybe it was Brian Calandra before he got thrown out and then he started passing it in. Um, mm-hmm. I... Actually, people thought I was going to be really bummed out about this. I was a little bummed out. I wanted Landry on the Suns, but I'm actually happy about it because I want to be right, and I think the Sixers give Landry Shaman a very good chance to be a good player.
1: Yeah, I think this that's an interesting note. We kind of touched on it with Dontich earlier. Is mm-hmm. you know we you know you fall in love with guys, um, you know doing draft research. There's just no way around that, and there's there's yep. no shame in that. And, and outside of them coming to your team if you think it's a good fit. You kind of do want them to go somewhere that they're they're gonna succeed. And probably second to that it's it's nice when um you're not at at your pick and your team passes up on them and then they're taken after. So the the mm-hmm. Sixers kinda of took Shamut before the Suns had a chance. So we'll we'll never yeah. quite know whether the Suns would have would have gone there with Shamut. Like maybe we know um that they obviously passed up Thomas and Melton and a few others for Okobo, but uh, we'll never know about Shamit,
0: yeah, which we'll get to Okobo after the lottery. Um, but I like that pick just as a preview. Uh, okay, let's go to number 11, Charlotte. This is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because they started doing some things.
1: Yeah, Charlotte's an interesting one. Um, I think, I guess they they drafted SGA, um, yes. And then ended up with with Miles Bridges, which yep. is a an interesting choice. Um, Zach Lowe recently commented that the uh, you know the the Charlotte War Room is can be a bit chaotic, so uh, it'd be it'd be interesting there whether you know Kupchak was was high on Miles Bridges or or whether it was somebody else overriding him. What do you he think? He seems
0: like a Michael Jordan player to me. I he, see does.
1: That. he does. He does.
0: Um but yeah, listen that's a great pick. I mean Miles uh, Miles Bridges is awesome. So I think they did really well. So whoever whoever was doing the overriding I think did some good overriding.
1: Yeah and it's uh doesn't doesn't spell the end of of Kemba Walker just yet if it was a, a pick like SGA. So Yep. Um yeah, interesting. So should we sorry move on to the Clippers then with uh
0: Yeah, let's go to the Clippers. I'm going to go ahead and start. I did not like what they did.
1: I did not either. I had a, a little more trust in, in them and, and Jerry West going into this draft. I thought they were going to... And, you know, maybe they did try, but I thought they were going to gonna package and, and move up and grab someone or, or um you know, kind of grab two guys that I was high on. Uh, I really mm-hmm. expected them to take almost two guys that I kind of wanted at, at 16 for the Suns and, and ruin our plans. But uh, I definitely didn't have the Suns taking Jerome Robinson. Um who I had at 34 on my board, so not very high on him at all, which mm-hmm. uh, is an interesting pick out of uh, out of Boston. Um, but I, you know, I have spoken before about how much I love SGA, so interesting pick for them at that spot, um, and you know, a little high versus where I had SGA on my overall board. But um, yeah, I thought it was a an interesting combination of picks when they had those kind of you know that unique back-to-back pick where they could have, you know, kind of picked two real foundational players and, and the mix that they've gone with there with a, with a point guard and um, a, a shooting guard is, is a little odd.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Uh, I'm not as high on SGA as you are, so that makes it even worse for me. And then Jerome Robinson, like, I, I guess he could fill it up a little bit. That dude, he was literally the worst defender in college basketball last year, right? Correct. I don't know. I I don't get it. I'm just, I'm gonna move on because I don't. Why didn't they think Robert Williams? This is the last thing I'm gonna ask. Why didn't they think Robert Williams?
1: Uh, because you know they wanted to leave him for Boston later. But um, <laughs> can before we do move on, can we can we vote SGA as the the best worst uh dresser of the draft or does does that go to Trey Young with his <laughs> with his shorts?
0: It's really hard to beat Trey Young shorts,
1: man. <laughs> oh God! But SGA was, some... was bad. There were some interesting uh, interesting outfits there. I, I tweeted yeah. out a picture of the class before the, the draft started, just kind of noting it, how bland it Dantic a... looked versus yeah. uh, everyone else on stage.
0: I love Jaren Jackson. Jaren Jackson came out ready.
1: He did. He really did.
0: Um, okay, we're, we're going to 14 now. Oh, so this is an interesting one. So here's where the slide finally stopped. Michael Porter Jr. was like sort of, the, you know, he's the the fa- Every single draft has a guy like this, right? The guy who slides the whole time. Everyone's wondering when he's going to go. Um, yeah. We had heard rumors for, you know, for weeks now that all these teams were trying to maneuver to trade up. Today we even got one saying the Sixers were thinking about packaging Markel Fultz with number 10 and number 26 to move up. Clearly all that was bullshit because he went past all those teams.
1: Yeah, you always wonder where those things are coming from. There's always one side... Uh, mm-hmm. Motivated to do that, and now we've, you know, been and gone with a draft. I think it's pretty safe to say that most of that was coming from uh, the agent player side. On in Port's yep. case.
0: Uh, so just talk about him in Denver. Offensively, it could be fun, I guess. I think it projects to be a complete and total disaster on defense, which that team's already a defensive disaster. Like. Is your plan to play Jokic to the 5 and MPJ at the 4? Because you're, you're not going to win in the playoffs doing that. You're just not.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I I I did really like it for Denver. I just thought it was the kind of move at 14 that they had to make. Um, obviously, if the, the medical's a complete red flag, you don't just pick a guy for the hell of it. But right. they were obviously comfortable enough after seeing them to to at least take a shot and... Um, you know, I think we touched on Denver in an earlier pod of ours where we kind of talked about them needing that, you know, wing three-four type, um, the new Wilson Chandler. So, you know, if Porter can play next year, he'd he'd definitely be an interesting fit. But yeah, I think going forward, past the short term, there's definitely a uh, a concern there when he's playing more kind of starter minutes to, um, yeah, fit him with with Jokic and and how that can be a a winning team, particularly, you know, and you've got probably Jamal Murray and, um, you know, a few other of their young pieces, uh, you know, thank God for Gary Harris. And the the defense that he plays, but, um, yeah, an interesting fit and probably a gamble that Denver had to take, even though, uh, you know, they probably could have picked a guy that plugged in and played, um, a little more solid basketball for their, you know, hopeful playoff run next year. But, um, yeah, they they took the gamble.
0: Yeah, I, I I probably should back off on that a little bit. Like it's not like they traded up for him or anything like that. They took him at fourteen. I mean, they took a home
1: run swing. That's fine. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we touched on that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, privately with the with the Suns it was kind of. You know, I was fine with taking him at sixteen, but I was I was very scared that we we're about as he kept sliding. I was very scared we we're about to. Um, you know, just get rid of an asset for the... I like it
0: better for the Suns, though, because at least there's, like, a theoretical possibility of DeAndre Ayton playing defense. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... I don't know with Denver. we'll see. It's going to be fun. I mean, I think a lot of these teams got more fun to watch, so that's always nice.
1: And mostly in the West, which is yeah, interesting. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be... So, I guess, yeah, besides Atlanta and Orlando, everything else is pretty much Western. I guess, yeah, there's a couple of these teams in there, but most of the star power went West. Yep. Um... Okay, so let's... I want to talk a little bit more, just very briefly, about Mikhail uh, in Phoenix. And we we'll, we'll talk about Kobo now, too.
1: Yeah, let's let's kind of do them together. Why not? Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I The reason why I like the Mikhail thing so much... We mentioned a little earlier, we both think it was an overpay. But, and I was having this conversation a little earlier with some people. Mc, McDee has always been someone who... V- prioritize like asset value in a vacuum over team fit I would say do you think that's fair
1: I think that's a, a fair point yeah definitely
0: the, the I guess the quintessential example of that being when he when he signed Isaiah uh, Thomas to that contract that was a great value but it ended up blowing up the entire team yeah um this was the exact opposite of that this time he overpaid asset wise but he acquired someone who just makes so much sense. Like, remember you? We were on that podcast with Kellen last weekend, uh, Patrick Off, Oxford's podcast, and yep. we all we talked about was how this team needs shooting and defense. Man, that's like all we could freaking talk about. And they got the guy in the draft who is the surest bet to give you shooting and defense.
1: Exactly. And yeah, I think as you've already noted, Mick um, You know his his eyes do light up in those scenarios, and he can tend to to overpay, as we've noted in this case. Um, and I'm kind of all for it, to be honest. I think it shows aggressiveness on on his part, and uh, it shows that you know the Suns are backing up their talk. They've they've spoken for a long time, whether it's at the draft or free agency, about how they're going to be aggressive. They're going to be aggressive, and um, you know fans and and media alike who who have criticised the Sun in in recent past about. Uh, you know, what direction they're going in and whether they want to be a winning basketball team. You, you can't criticize this move. You know, it, it may look bad in the future. Um, it, it may look great, hopefully, for McD's sake. But, you know, he's on his own timeline here and he's he's kind of pushed the chips in a little bit and and got a top 10 player that, you know, every GM says this, but, you know, he thinks they valued a little higher than that, which, you know, I kind of... Um, I kind of take as probably valuing him maybe around the six or seven range, given who they worked out for the number one pick. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I keep thinking about that twenty twenty one pick, and is that really is that going to come back to bite us?
1: It it might come back to bite the franchise, but um, you know, we've noted before. I don't think it'll come back to bite McD because right, he's right, either right. going to be here or he's not. So, um, you know, this move. Uh, they don't. These moves don't come around too often, and and he decided to pull the trigger on this one. And uh, thank God we don't have to retire the Miknija nickname yet. Um, yeah, you're still a ninja. Yeah, I, I kind of spoke about that on Twitter earlier during the draft. Uh, I was I was literally five seconds away from from tweeting um, when the Divincenzo news came out that you know he'd become. Crazily predictable with with the eight pick and and then the Divincenzo pick that everyone kind of saw coming, but uh, then he pulled a rabbit out of the hat and uh, long live the nickname.
0: Yeah, I think you you were uh, better to be disciplined than I was. I tweeted out something like this: "Trap was awful" or something along those lines. Oh, I think I said <laughs> I said the Suns draft blows. Um, that was right before the McHale trade.
1: <laughs> it was almost there, so yeah. I think it's I think we have to note that it was an overpay. Um, but it was aggressive, and you know they they walk away from the draft with, I'm sure what they view as two top ten picks, and and what most people view as top ten picks. Every, you know most people had McHale, you know somewhere in that top ten. So, um, you know as we touched on before, it it costs to to move up in a draft like this, and mm-hmm. uh, it just pushes the, the timeline forward a little bit. We could have held on to that pick, um, you know Miami, as much as I I. You know, didn't want to believe it in the past when we still had that pick. Is, you know, it's going to be a free agent destination all the time. And, and Riley, sure as hell, is doing his best not to bottom out at any point. So, um, sometimes if, if that's the asset that a team wants and, and you want a guy and you want a deal, then, uh, you just got to go ahead and do it.
0: Yep. I think that's right. I ultimately, I'm happy with this. It, it honestly saved the night for me. I would have been bummed without the trap. So I'm not going to rue this, but, uh, it, it, we'll, we'll see if it come back to bite us. I'm I'm happy about it right now, though. Yeah. Uh, how,
1: about it, how about a cobra? A Kobo I think you're higher on than than me. So why don't why don't you start on him?
0: Uh so first of all, at 16, it would have been a reach. I think a little bit. 31 it's great. Um, he has a lot of upside. He's 6'3", three uh, French point guard, shoots left handed, which I love. Love left handed shooters. It's, uh, it's it's just, just so nice
1: player. watching a lefty stroke it, isn't it? It really is, and I actually think it gives a.
0: Guys, a bit of an advantage because you know not everyone in the regular season is paying attention to scouting report every every, every nuance of it. So, um, but so uh, here's the thing: he's got the size, he has the potential to defend. He doesn't defend right now. Uh, he's got a nice looking jumper, a nice pull up. It's not perfect yet, but it's got potential. He's, he's a lot. He's a, he's a tools guy. He is um, a tools
1: guy. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's probably the the easiest way to to wrap him up in a few words. Um, I think maybe guys that haven't watched him. Too much. Um, look at his physical profile and kind of go. You know, six three, uh, big wingspan. You know, that's the kind of guy that you want at, at point guard, and um, he can definitely develop into that. He's he's still young, but um, yep. I think yeah, I think it's it's worth noting that I think he was like bottom twenty percent in in the French league in defensive box plus minus. Um, shout okay. out to to Jacob Goldstein again, <laughs> given giving him one of those before on the pod. But you should definitely follow him if you're not already, and um you know tape wise he's he's a bit of a chucker on offense as i like to call him. Mm. um you know kind of take takes bad shots but uh yeah more of an offensive player right now um but certainly has the tools to become you know a, a great two-way player in the league and um whilst i'm not sold on him i you know i will note i had him kind of around 35 36 on my board so Definitely picked him in the range that I thought he was worth picking. Um, probably more to do with my love for for a few guys that were still on the board at that time. Um, and, and at first, I kind of justified it by thinking that he'd probably be a draft and stash guy, but it's been all but confirmed that he is coming over and he's he's going to be on the roster. So there's probably if that was the decision, there's probably a couple of guys I would have preferred. Um, but having said that, he's probably got the greatest upside and and definitely greater upside than guys like Carter and Brunson who I was high on. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a very, (laughs) a very McD pick I'll say. Yeah, it was,
0: uh, it was fun. I think some fans are going to enjoy watching him. He's at least he's fun. It's, it's exciting. It was, I, I think Brunson would have been like a little low upside sort of He's a backup point guard kind of thing. Okobo could be a lot more than that. He could be also be a lot less than that. He's a little more of a risk-reward. At 31, that kind of makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, it, it you know we discussed it at length in other pods. It's the kind of move that you make at that pick, and um, I'm kind of just surprised it looks like we're going to have three rookies on the roster next season, which is yeah. not something that we expected, I don't think.
0: Uh, it makes me think they're going to be
1: trading some of our other young guys and getting some vets in it- place of them. It certainly seems that way, but we'll, we'll get into that on, at another time. All right, I'm going to give you... I'm doing a time here. You have 15 seconds to talk about our pick at 59. Go. Uh, George King came in to work out with the Suns, with uh, Diop Hall, Makura, Metu, and Newman, I believe. Uh, he's a small forward from Colorado. six 6'6", uh, 3 and D type, I'll say. So maybe a two-way contract for him.
0: There you go. That's that's for that's George King. That's probably about as much time we will play on the Suns that you just heard about him talking. <laughs> uh, okay, do you want to get in on any predictions? Anything you're proud of?
1: Uh, I was going to touch on it before. I think we nailed a few of the, the lottery. We obviously got Aiton and Bagley at the top. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of in a, a, a jumbled order from there. Uh, we were pretty sold on Carter to the Bulls, so that was a nice get for us. Um, after that, uh, I think we had Bridges... Uh, the Miles Bridges pick um, sold, uh, and also Troy Brown to, to Washington, I think oh, we nailed it. Oh, that's well. a nice
0: one, because that was out of nowhere toward it to me, at least. I was surprised by it.
1: Yeah, so that was nice, because I don't think we got too close on any of our other predictions, particularly because uh, there was no existing players traded in the draft. So a lot of that stuff that we covered mm-hmm. uh, kind of got knocked out straight away. So yeah, I think we did all right there with, with some uh, craziness. Particularly because we didn't factor in trades when we did ours. So
0: I did get one trade-related prediction correct. I got Carlos Petri's under I, one trade for the Suns.
1: There you go. There you go. You oh, win wow. that one. You win that battle out of the two of us. So, um, yeah, well done.
0: All right. Let's, let's ask you. So before we get into the last two segments, your retro segment and the seventh of or last, where I'm going to ask you some questions. Let's do a couple initial questions. How we're going to do? How happy were each of us one out of ten with a Suns stretch? W- where were you at?
1: If you asked me when Gambo tweeted about Divincenzo, <laughs> yeah, probably would have said a five, just because, and that would have all Ooh. just been the eight pick, because I was, you know, I was, I was pretty good with eight and, as I said, I was, you know, I knew it was coming, so I'd already mm-hmm. dealt with, with, you know, it not being Dontich. um, but the rest of the draft could have been, you know, pretty bad after that, with the trade for excitement and, and you know, Suns future, I'd say it was probably a seven or eight for the Suns, and, um. Maybe just under that for the general NBA because I probably expected a, a little more action than what we saw.
0: Yeah, I was saying this earlier. It was actually a surprisingly, and up until all the weirdness past ten with the weird trades and all the all the crap Gambo was getting wrong, it was kind of like a top ten that went pretty chalky. Yep. Other than the Dallas trade.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Uh, real quick, I just had the the Kelvin just tweeted. In his three years playing for Villanova, Mikael Bridges went 103 and 13. The Suns have 119 losses in the last two seasons.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's something That's that right. uh, we might touch on in our in our Did you know? Here, Max.
0: Oh, really? Okay, All right, I'm excited for that. Uh, real quick, I'll just give my ratings. I would have gone with like a two or a three before the Mikael Bridges thing. Probably up to like a seven point five or so after two picks I liked, both the Bridges thing and the Okobo thing. So much higher.
1: I'm glad uh, we saved your night a little bit then. McAlpin just—I tweeted it. It saved my night. All right, let's do Red Show. What do you got? Got a bit of a different one. Obviously, we didn't do it at the top uh, this week, and this is kind of a pure reaction pod. But um, I did want to just touch on uh, the the passing of Mike Tullamillo, who I was not really familiar with before that news broke, and uh, he was a, a beat writer for the Suns, and um, so I'm just gonna kind of run along a few things that I learnt uh, looking into him and, and trying to learn about him. Um, as I said, I, I didn't know him that well at all, and uh, he covered the Suns mostly before I was a fan and um, you know before I was old enough to care about reading articles and, and books about the team, that's for sure. Uh, I'm sure most people listening will know, but for those that don't, he passed away recently at the the age of 62. Uh, he covered the Suns for 16 years, was around during the, the famous 93 finals, and, and wrote a book about the team in 96 called Breaking the Rules, a Volatile Season with Sport's Most Colourful Team, Charles Barkley's Phoenix Suns. Uh, as I said, I, I knew very little about him, and uh, there was a Scott Bordeaux piece on him after his passing, which you should go check out if if you haven't, which you know delved a little further into, into him, but... Um, after reading that, I, I decided to dig a little deeper, and I found an article actually that he wrote about the Suns uh, on Feb 11, 2015, which was a bit of a dive into McDonough actually as a person, and uh, notably was about a week before the Dragic and Thomas uh, trade, which kind of came up again today with the uh, the Bridges trade and and all the moving parts in that deal. Um, so that that's an, a nice tie in there, but. One of the big links is it talks about McDee and his link to Boston and uh, his link to Red Auerbach, actually, who he asked for a lot of advice early on uh, in his career at, at Boston. And um, there's just a few few pieces from this article that I'll pull out, which I think have some nice tie-ins with the draft. So um, it's, it says, Great teams sometimes have a big three. Wilt, Baylor and West, Kareem, Magic and Worthy, Bird, McHale, Parrish. Uh, at the time, the Suns had a small three, Dragic, Bledsoe and Thomas. Uh, They're the first team to try win with three starting caliber point guards, sometimes all on the floor at once. Uh, No team ever has tried this, at least not a team whose chief MO um, is this uh, process and and can it work. Uh, Nobody knows and that's why the Suns are most carefully watched team in sport this year. So I thought that was interesting. I think we're kind of going with the an upgrade on that maybe with uh, Booker, Bridges and Jackson after this draft. Mm-hmm. A, a, I would and a, say so. A, a different three. I think McDee's maybe changed his uh, view on, on that philosophy. And um, McDonough did touch on some advice that, that Red had gave him uh, early on in his career. And he said that he looks for players who are instigators, not retaliators. He liked mm-hmm. guys who initiated physical play, who created an advantage physically kind of brought the fight to the other team and lifted your team's energy and effort I think that kind of has Aiton written all over it Uh, finally said look for high character unselfish guys who are tough physical and play the right way who care about winning more than paychecks and stats I thought that was a really interesting quote with the Um, you know, stuff that went on with Aiton before this draft. And then I think it definitely sums up a guy like Mikael Bridges and that kind of winning philosophy. So, um, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. And he said, uh, in the end of that article, the hardest thing to do in the NBA is to acquire acquire a superstar. There are only 30 teams. There are only so many of those guys. Every team is trying to position themselves to get one. Uh, We feel we are well positioned positioned it's a matter of those guys becoming available we're still waiting for that opportunity so you know with that in mind maybe he's kind of over waiting for that opportunity and he, he decided to push one of those assets in today and and grab huh. someone like bridges so um, yeah I just thought that was some from some interesting stuff from a, a Mike Tullamello uh, article and and uh, RIP to Mike but uh, if anyone RIP. wants to read that article just uh reach out to me on twitter and i'll i'll link it to you there's some some great other things in there other than those things that i read out it's a it's a long one
0: cool i like the tie-in that's it's great how that tied into the draft definitely okay uh let's finish off here with seven seconds or less this is the segment where one of us asks the other three questions for which the other has seven seconds to respond and has had no preparation beforehand today i'm asking you the questions you ready david
1: I'm pumped, and uh, I'm going to try to stick to the time limit this time.
0: Oh, okay. Um, these aren't too hard, actually. You should be fine. All right, question one. If you were giving out grades, who would get your highest grade tonight, team?
1: Ooh, that is tough. Uh, we've already noted that Philly did a lot of things that we wanted to do, uh, and even though I love the Mikhail Bridges trade for the Suns, I would probably say Philly.
0: They had a really nice draft. I'd probably say the same. All right. You can probably guess what's coming next. If you had to give out the lowest grade tonight, who are you giving it to?
1: I didn't love what the Clippers did. Um, mm. So of the teams kind of up there with with top picks and and not judging the teams that had you know not much to deal with, uh, I'd probably say the Clippers.
0: Okay, I like that. I would give it to Miami because they didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You kind <laughs> of. I guess you could. Yeah grab one of those teams but um, you can yeah, only, only work with what you got. Exactly.
0: Uh, okay, finally going into next season alright so we don't have, we haven't done free agents yet we just have the draft but if I give you over under 33 and a half wins for the Suns next season are you going over or under?
1: I'm going to go over and obviously that's kind of predicting what might happen for the rest of the summer but I think tonight's move with Mikhail really shows uh, that the Suns want to be even more aggressive in free agency. So I think there's going to be a team that wins over 33 games next year.
0: This team is trying to win. I think that's what they told us tonight.
1: That would be how I would sum up tonight and how I would sum up this podcast, Max.
0: Yeah, we're trying to win here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. As always, please rate Review and subscribe. It really helps us out. My name is Max McCauley. I am at Max MCC11 on Twitter. His name is David Nash. He is at The Four Point Play on Twitter. Thank you, David. Thanks, Max. Until next time, guys.